Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Financial Planning Explained with your host. I am Mike Menninger, certified financial planner and owner and founder of Menninger and Associates Financial Planning. Last week we had Steve Potts, who was a, um, a special needs attorney, and today, uh, as a subset of the financial, or sorry, of the financial planning areas, you've got estate planning, and then as a subset of that, you have special needs planning and. and Arguably, as a subset of that, you've got the whole disability life planning. And with me today, I have Michelle Leahy, who owns a company called Disability Life Plan. Michelle, welcome to my show. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, thank you. My name and my company is Leahy Life Plan. And what did I say it was? Disability Life my Plan. My apologies. That's okay. Well, now see, there you go. Yeah, I'm a disability life planner, so I'm an advocate on steroids. There you <laughs> go. There you go. So um, I'm actually trained in social security planning from the Ticket to Work program. Um, that Ticket to Work program. To Ticket to Work. We were, were called Community Work Incentive Coordinators, which we were trained underneath social security guidelines to help people with disabilities navigate their federal benefits. So their social security, disability, and their supplemental security income benefits. Because so many people with disabilities, particularly those that are raised being disabled, they they get Medicaid or medical assistance, which is a federal benefit, but it's run through the states. Mm -hmm. um, and then they leave those benefits when they turn 18, when they're financially emancipated from right. their parents. And so a lot of times, many people with disabilities try to get on or try to apply for those type of benefits so they can have health insurance, that they can get waiver services, which are home and community-based services. What, what are waiver services? Waiver are home and community-based services. So when you're in school, you have an individualized education plan. Right. So you have what's called, you know, a team of people that are like your advocates and working for mm -hmm. you and creating a plan for you. But when you leave the school system, you kind of fall off a cliff. Right. And when you're falling off a cliff, the only thing that you can be identified as being disabled is that if you're getting supplemental security income or social security disability income. Okay. And so it's usually SSI or SSDI. And What's the difference? Because I know my understanding of social security disability income is that you need to be declared as permanently disabled, correct? You have to be seen as severely impaired for 12 months or longer. Okay. So, so you have to prove that it's not just about diagnosis, and that's the biggest misconception. I mean, look at me, I'm in a wheelchair. Do I, am I disabled? Disabled from running the marathon. Well, absolutely. You actually can run the marathon. You just, <laughs> but, which, but by I, the way, I envy you. You get to go down hills. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, but the thing is, according to Social Security Administration, I don't meet the guidelines. Really? Of being, of being a person with a disability because I'm capable of earning what's called substantial gainful activity. Interesting. And so in the year 2021, that would be $1,310 per month gross income. So That's how much you're allowed, allowed to, make. to make okay, on a monthly basis. So to we, still qualify. So in other words, you could earn disability, Social Security disability, but then also 
earn up to $1,300 a month. Yes, but you have to prove to the government that you're not capable of earning that much more. Okay. And so the way you do that is, is that you have to submit so many documents to prove that you're disabled. And one of the big reasons why people with disability, particularly those with hidden disabilities like autism, intellectual disability, mental health disabilities, is because they provide so much scaffolding in the school system that they kind of mute their disability. So when you're trying to go and apply, what happens is, is that all that documentation that you're submitting is saying how fabulous your kid is instead of showing the <laughs> deficits. Now, everybody's special and everybody is is fabulous. Your kids, of course. My mother thinks I'm the best thing since sliced bread, but when we go in front of a flight of steps, we know that because I'm a wheelchair user that I can't get up them, right. you, you know? But when you have a hidden disability like autism, or an intellectual disability, what happens a lot of the time is that parents kind of remove obstacles out of their kid's way to make them seem normal or, as I like to say, pass, or they're on the bubble, that they can do things, but they still need help. But where is that documentation? So that's why a lot of people get denied benefits. But if we were to take away mom, dad, all that scaffolding and they had to live on their own they really wouldn't be able to survive without support I, well you know I, I look at kids graduating college and they can't survive yeah. on their own so I could only imagine someone who's disabled especially more so not physically disabled but mentally disabled where do they get the guidance and the help? Um, and, and how do they apply? And I suppose this is what you come in, you well, help them. Th this, is, this is really what I do. And the reason why I started my business is because I've been doing um, disability services since the early 2000s. And I saw so many people falling through the cracks. So I really help people that, you know, they're on the fence of, am I, am I not? And then, I kind of guide them to help them understand that I, I don't want people to, you know, just to apply for benefits. That's not my goal because most of my clients actually work. Mm -hmm. But I want them to know that what happens a lot of time is, is that many people that are on that bubble, what happens is that they will get a job and then three months later they'll get fired and then they'll get another job and three months later they'll get fired after job coaching and all those services go away because that support is going away. Right. So, so my thing is, is a lot of people think that getting benefits is a door closer. I really see getting benefits as a door opener and a way to create a foundation of support. What do you mean by a door closer? When somebody gets, uh, explain what you mean by that. Well, a lot of a lot of people don't like to be identified as having a disability. Okay. That it's it's a bad word, you know. Yeah, I mean they only enjoy it when you could get the free parking, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. 
But for me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it's, it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that they want it when it's convenient for them, and they they want to be identified as disabled when it's when they can get benefits or when they can get something. But to be, but to say I'm going to be dependent on the government, or I'm going to, you know, I have to identify myself as a person with a disability. You know, we we are still light years away we're getting better but you, you know we're still years away of holding disability as a prideful you, you, you know armor you know I, i'm a wheelchair user i can't hide it but those that have autism or intellectual disabilities or mental illness it's not like they're wearing a t-shirt that says i i i live with autism you right, know right, right. and so you know, they've learned throughout their schooling so much to say, well, I could do it despite that. Well, you know, having disability gives you different gifts, you know, and so why not embrace that? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I can't help but commend you for overcoming it and grasping it and being able to take it to the next level and then be able to propagate I think that's just a wonderful thing that you're doing. Well, I don't know if I'm navigating the system just like my clients are. You know, I just navigate it differently than my clients. So I don't really believe in the, and we call it inspirational porn in the disability community that all these movies years ago would be how we would overcome something. We're living just like you're living. Right. We, we're, we're trying to have our same quality of life and to be able to live the life that we want to live. And sometimes what happens when you have a disability, you have all of these people that want to protect you and they right. don't listen to your own voice. Right. And so the reason why I really started my business is because a lot of people don't have a voice and their voices become their parents. And although I think parents are amazing and they've done so much, I find that when I talk to my clients, I'm like, well, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? It's like they're really capable. And because so many people think about the disability instead of the ability of what they can right. do, they really... They, they really lean on that instead of seeing potential. You now, it's interesting you say that. I could see that a parent trying to protect and the helicopter parent, so to speak. Yeah. And I could see how that could come about. And one of the one of the big things is, is that I get a lot of parents that say, well, he's too good to work in an office or he's too good to, you, you know, I, or no, he's too good to work in, in a Wawa or too good to work at a supermarket. Well, you know, during COVID-19, who were our heroes? Those stalkers at the supermarket. <laughs> and you know what? I would say 80% of my clients were essential workers. That's and, good. And, and, navigating, and navigating SSI, SSDI, having a special needs trust, getting services to help with them with job coaching and being a part of the world, you know? And be, because as everybody else was saying, no, I don't want to go in, I don't want to do this, and that's great. But these these people with autism, that their work is their community and they love it because they feel, empowered. as we all do, we feel empowered, we feel needed. And that's what we all want, disabled or not. Right, oh, absolutely. You know? So what, 
you say navigate the system. Um, SSDI is the Social Security Disability Income, right? Yes. And what is SSI? Can you get one or the other, or is it both? How does well, that work? So usually, most people, um, most people that are born with disabilities, when they turn 18, they get SSI, which I consider the welfare benefit of people with disabilities. You have to prove that you're severely disabled for 12 months or longer, and you have to have no assets. So you have to have assets less than $2,000 in your name. Right, okay, that's, and so, okay. So, and then you have to prove that your disability limits you to be able to work. So that is SSI. S How much are the benefits for SSI? I'm just thinking from a retirement benefit perspective. Mm -hmm. You accumulate, you have to have 40 quarters of working mm -hmm. to develop the amount of money, but what do you do if you're you don't have enough quarters and you don't qualify so for So that's what SSI, it's a welfare benefit. So if you have no work quarters and you have, and you're seen as disabled, if you're living alone, then you are, you will get $794 a month. SSI. Of SSI starting in 2000. 21 because the rate goes up with the cost of living increase. So that's a whopping $794 yes, a month. I know. Woohoo. So the thing is, is that they also have to be connected. So once you get SSI, you're automatically connected to medical assistance, no matter what state that you're living is in. Is that like Medicare or yes, Medicaid? No, I'm it's sorry, Medicaid. Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicaid or right. medical assistance. They're right. one, in, one okay. in the same. Um, as, but what's so important for for my clients or majority of my clients is that you want to be seen as disabled prior to the age of 22 because the, the way that the legislation is written is that if you were disabled prior to the age of 22, you weren't, you didn't live long enough to create enough of a work history or right. earn those credits. To go on to SSI. To go on to SSDI. Right, you don't have a, enough, that's why you're right, falling onto on SSI. S yes, but if they're disabled prior to the age of 22, they can get what's called Childhood Disability Beneficiary or the DAC benefit, which is Disabled Adult Child, that they can get tagged on to their parents' retirement benefit. So when the parent starts, when the parent starts to um, retire and turns on their own social security benefit, the SSI gets removed and it's replaced by the SSD 50% of their parents' SSDI. Right. They can only get the highest earner's parent right. benefit. Of but the they have to be seen as disabled prior to the age of 22. And that is a very big deal if they don't apply for benefits until they're 26. Because so many parents, now that we have, you're able to stay on your parents' health care until 26. They don't think about it. They don't think about it. And they think, well, the Medicaid didn't really do anything for me, blah, blah, blah. So, and then it's like, oh, God, he hasn't had a job in five years. Oh, goodness, he's not able to do this. And now we know that he, because that scaffolding has been gone right. for f so many years, it's like the disability kind of blooms like a flower. Yeah, almost. right. Well, because you're take, <laughs> you taking one of the, 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 the pieces away. Right. And so I get a lot of parents that were wishing and hoping and then they want to rewind those benefits to get them to be seen but it's as too late. it may but not be turn... too late but the thing it's harder to prove because social security is going to say what did you do during that gap right of of 20 
22 to 26. What right. are you going to do during that gap? And that, and so I'm able to do it, but you have to have documentation on documentation on documentation. Because if I were to wheel into Social Security, I can most likely get the benefit, you know, because I can prove medical, you know, medical, so many surgeries, all of this. But when you have a hidden disability, you have to show documentation because a lot of people with hidden disabilities, you, you know, are able to fake it for that little bit of time for the interviewing process and then they don't have supportive documentation to prove disability wow. so that's what i do is that i help them you know gather that documentation and i help them really see the deficits because so many parents are doing so much for their kids on autopilot they don't even recognize that they're reminding them to take a shower right. that they're not even recognizing that because they've been doing it for so they've long they've been doing it for so long i've got it we've got to take a break this is great it, it it's amazing how quick the time goes what i'd like to do when we come back from break is spend a little bit more time what you do for your clients, how somebody even thinks about coming to you. So uh, come back to us in a couple more minutes uh, for our commercial break, and we'll be with you in a few more moments. Thank you. Family law firm of Shemtob Dragonoski Taylor will help you move through and beyond your divorce. We are a full service boutique family law firm located in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. We handle cases in Montgomery County, Chester, Bucks, Delaware, and Philadelphia counties. We have six highly experienced lawyers and have represented clients for more than 30 years regarding these issues. Our clients depend on us to sort through the complicated issues involved in divorce and division of assets, spousal and child support and custody. We listen to them, we gather the information, and we help them make informed decisions. We pride ourselves in our knowledge and our experience. We try to settle cases when we can, but we zealously advocate for our clients at trial as experienced and successful litigators. If you need help on any of these family life issues, please call us for an appointment at 215-542-2105 or check us out on our website at www.shemtablaw.com. So, I got this new family, and I don't know what it is about this one, but she can't seem to put down that toy all day long. Tap, 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 tap. Oh, and she even talks to it. She talks to that more than she talks to him. What's up, bro? Nice shirt. Who's she talking to? Her mom? She talks to her mom a lot. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. We've been talking with Michelle Leahy, who is a disability life planner. Yes. And this has been terrific so far. Time is just zipping right by. And I would like to kind of take uh, the rest of the time to be able to fill us in more on what you do for the disabled individual. Um, you know, please share that because I just, I'm, I, I need to connect the dots so, and the viewers would yeah. too, I'm sure. So really what I really try to do is that once you leave the school system, there's no person that is holding somebody's hand and taking them through the entire process of whether it's applying for SSI, whether it's to understand why you need the benefits 
or it's what are waivers? What are our home and community-based services? What does life look like in 20 years? So I try to put the future into the present and then help them navigate those benefits and help them apply, maintain them, help them. So, and they can understand that their child with a disability may have a different trajectory of a life, but it doesn't mean that it has to be a less life. Right. That it can be a very well-lived life. Right. So do you generally, it sounds like, you know, that you're generally probably approached by the parents when the children are approaching age of majority, but as they get older, are you working still with the parents or the children or I, both? I, work I say with children. All, I, I know, because the one, the one purpose of being a child with a disability is to become an adult with a disability. You know, when we're talking about children, these children grow up to be adults. Of course. And that's the goal. So I work with the kids, I work with the parents, I work with the siblings, because what's happening right now is so many parents are dying and they were like, they just automatically give everything to the sibling to do, and the sibling doesn't know anything. So I get a lot of referrals and a lot of people coming to me that are like, I don't know what I need to do. I know that I need to call somebody and they don't even know what questions to ask. So I let them tell me their story and then I help them figure out which benefits would be really good for them. And, and then I, eat, I give them a to-do list you know, um, and then I connect them to meaningful referrals, whether it's a lawyer, financial planner, whether it's an agency, and then if they want me to help guide, like, a, like uh, a state agency, oh, okay. um, um, and then if they want me to help them, if they want more hands-on guidance, then I become their guide. I'm like, you know, Jiminy Cricket in their ear as they're going through the process. Okay, that's... That's great. So it sounds to me that you also have to do, which we have to do a lot, um, uh, counseling. Mm -hmm. There's a yeah. lot of counseling, and you're probably counseling not just the children, but you got to counsel the parents to let them grow. Yes. So one of, one of the reasons why I am successful at what I do is because parents can't argue with me because I have a disability too. And so it's not the same disability with the majority of people that I work with, although I could work with people in wheelchairs and everything. I just don't know why they don't come to me. But, but the thing is, is that when we're navigating these benefits, it's, or they're like, well, he can do that and he can do this. You, when you're talking to a basic therapist or a teacher or something, they have a very different perspective than I do because I think of every person with a disability as having potential. Right. And I'm one of them. I don't think that, you, you know, there's hierarchies in the disability community. Of like I, You know, I have a hidden one, then I'm better than you because you're, you're wheeling and whatever. Do people and, really do that? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that I, it's not that they can't argue with me, but they can't because I'm like, it costs 20% more for people with disabilities to live, whether it's, you know, structural environmental barriers 
or if it's hiring help in their right. you know. I can see at least 20%. Yes. You know, and then we also got to think about the, you know, many, many parents, you know, leave their careers to just take care of their disabled child and then they become their life. So we really, so what I really try to help is to get them on the road of benefits and, you know, help them get the maximum, but also to help them navigate it so they can work, so they can live on their own or live in a group home or live in a place that they find helpful. Because what happens when you leave the school system, your world becomes even more isolated. But it becomes isolated because you don't, where do you and I find our community? We find it at work. Right. Oh, there's no doubt about that. We find our community at work. When people with disabilities leave the school system, where is their community when they're going to college or, you know, because we're just, they're just going to, like, I love it when they go to college and, and I think that's wonderful. But the problem is, is that college isn't the goal. The goal is employment. The sure. goal is to be self-sufficient. And if they can't be self-sufficient, they can be self-sufficient with support. That's it. Well, they're really no different than everyone else. We all want to be self-sufficient. Right. It's just that they oftentimes, depending on what it is, need some form of support. I can already see this because obviously I get things spinning in my head all the time. I can already see this as being... Uh, particularly for the parents, a long-term financial planning, my gosh, I can only imagine how much planning that needs to be done by it, the parents. It does. It, it is a lot of financial planning. And some parents stay with me. Some parents call me um, per- sporadically. Um, I try to follow up parents with parents on a yearly basis because one of the big things that people don't understand is that when you are 28 or 29 years old, your person with a disability is seeing their siblings get married. They're seeing sibling, their are becoming aunts and uncles, they're seeing their world moving, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And of they're course. standing still. And they're seeing this, you know, storm going around and they're just sitting there. So we gotta make them a part of the storm so they can have some activity in their life. And that's through work, that's through getting a companion to take them shopping and to do things. I mean, I mean, I, one of the things that I'm so proud of is is that I've gotten calls from from parents like maybe four or five years later saying, "Oh, because of all the supports that you've put in, my my um, my son or daughter is living in their own apartment, and you, you know they're working a part time job. They're still getting the benefits." but we're able to utilize food stamps, we're able to utilize social security benefits, we're able to utilize our special needs trust, and they have autonomy. That's a beautiful thing, and that's probably what they dream of. Right, but they don't know how to get there. Right, right. You know, so I try to help them, you know, not to figure out the path that their parents wanted, but to figure out the path that they want and that they right. can accomplish. Well, I would imagine sometimes you need to be able to have these discussions without the parents in the room. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and not only that, though, but I have discussions with parents, and then, you, you, you know, it's like, 
I'm trying to let them let go a little bit. Right. Because, you know, they're like, well, he's being more belligerent or he's being, because you're the nag. Right. <laughs> we need to bring somebody else into the, we need to get that hired help so he can feel like you're not just nagging him to like do laundry, to take a shower, to, you know, to clean your room that you've been telling him since he was six. Now he's 30. Nag and parents, you seem to have a very, you know, I, we all have them. Michelle, I, we're out of time, if you can believe that already. I would like, you know, this has been terrific. Um, really touching on a subject that I know so little about. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that I'm not even aware of who have children with disabilities. And what I'd like you to do is take a minute Look into the camera and tell people how they can get a hold of you. So I work nationally and um, locally in the tri-state area. Um, my my name is Michelle Leahy. I and my business is LeahyLifePlan.com, and you can reach Leahy Life Plan via Facebook. Um, and you can come to my website, and you can call me at four eight four two three eight. 0841 or email me at Michelle with one L M I C H E L E at Leahy Life Plan.com. That's L E A H Y Life L I F E P L A N.com. That has been terrific. This has been such a, a, a learning experience, and I'm sure there's tons I can learn more. Michelle, thank you very thank much. You. I appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. So, wow. Okay. There's a lot of different things here. Again, this is. A portion of estate planning, but it's not really estate planning. The estate planning is for the parents who would want to make sure that their disabled child is going to be taken care of when they can't take care of them anymore. But let's talk about the financial planning for the for the child who becomes an adult and. This is a whole new world. And so I hope everyone learned something here today because I'm still in the process of grappling all the things that I have learned and I am certainly looking forward to learning more. I hope everyone has gotten something here. And if you have something that you'd like to really expand upon, please, I would encourage you to call Michelle. Or if you're looking and you have uh, children with uh, special needs, please feel free to reach out to us um, we'd love to be able to help you with your particular situation. Again, this is Mike Manager. I'm a certified financial planner. And thank you for tuning into my show, Financial Planning Explained. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you very much for tuning in.